What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Double Coverage. Hope you're still living, loving, and breathing sport. I am Dom with the great man, Sauce, and we're back at it again. How you going, Sauce? How are we, Domo? We're back. And a um, bit of bit of a sad sh- show today. Um, you know, unfortunately, sports can be cruel is, uh, is the motto of the show. Unfortunately, we've, we've seen the injury bug strike once again. Uh, oh, once again. About, I thought you were talking about the fact that England won and we have to deal with their supporters, uh, which was actually awesome to see. The scenes in that were crazy. But, yeah, injuries have hit again. Uh, I've done a bit of research on this, and I, I know there's been injuries and stuff, and it's kind of plaguing the playoffs. So when we get to the NBA chat, uh, I might have to take the flame from crunch time and chuck it in this podcast because I'm probably going to go in on a few people because I'm pretty much getting sick and tired of one word source in sport at the moment when there's adversity and that word is called asterisk and uh, it just annoys me. I hate hearing it. Uh, so I'll definitely address that later on in the show. But it's been a whirlwind uh, week, uh, whether it be injuries to players, great basketball games, great Euro games. Uh, obviously, that is covered in Azuro's Euro with Anthony Collects, which has been flying along. They're doing a fantastic job in that. It's been great. Some big guests. Some big guests. It's been fantastic. Um, we had F1, which may be uh, not titled as a lockdown lounge going forward, potentially, based on how much fun we had the other night, uh, Saucy watching that with uh, Lukey and Dan, so Azuro and Mast in that. That was fun. But, yeah, a lot to get into, uh, especially on the hobby side of things. Bit of news coming out there. And we'll kick it off, I think, Source, with uh, the footy. Uh, round 15, uh, great great round of football in some sense when it comes to some of the games. Some of them were a few shocks, and I'm very keen to get to your reaction on a few of them. Uh, Brisbane versus Geelong. Brisbane spanked them. After you tipped the cats, and I told you I uh, wouldn't believe in the hype from the week before, but they got smacked by 44 points in this one. Did you catch any of this, Saucy? Uh, I caught I caught a little bit of it. Uh, I was a bit busy on Thursday, had some things on. But, um, look, it's for the cats, it doesn't – you know, that's not the performance we want to see. I mean, these are the teams yeah. that are around you. They, they play well against the Dogs, but they're known for playing well down in, uh, in Geelong. Uh, that's been their mantra for many, many years. And when they when they do go away, they, they uh, struggle a little bit. But there's still time for them to correct a, a few a few things. Uh, you clearly can't get uh, out scored in the first quarter. Uh, you know, four goals, seven to one behind. Uh, that you're already putting yourself on the back foot. And I think that's where the game was lost. Uh, Brisbane came out uh, on fire on fire, and then uh, Geelong were on the back foot from there. And, you know, you got to think they won with a, a kick after the siren. They played an epic game the week before. Um, then they had to travel. You know, now that I think back at it, I probably shouldn't have picked Geelong. Uh, you were right on that point, Doma, um, when you put it in that perspective. But Yeah. It, they it's, they um, a bit of a, a touch of uh, FTB. The old uh, Geelong Football Club. If you don't know what FTB is, it is uh, the old case of uh, flat track bullyitis. Uh, I tell you, they get in a bit. They just keep winning and chugging along down in Geelong, and then struggling in other places and becoming inconsistent. A bit like uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club, but very lackluster. 
honestly, backing up what they had from the week before, it was a pretty bad uh, performance. Uh, the next game up was an even worse performance on Friday night, Richmond versus St. Kilda. This was a disgrace to football if you're a Richmond supporter. Like, it was a dark day for their club. I don't care what anyone says. I'm sitting here, Sauce, saying Dusty's going to win the Brownlow, he's going to win the Norm Smith, and Richmond's going to win the flag preseason. I'm sitting here this week, and I've been confident. I was confident all the way through last year, even through all the adversity. And I said, shut up. They're going to win it. Shut. And I still believe they're a team that has the capability, doesn't matter where they finish, if they make finals at the moment, if the way they're playing hasn't been great. So they've got to make finals. I got the belief that they could win it from anywhere on the ladder. They don't have to finish top four to win that fo- that football club. But what they put out on the park last Friday was nothing short of terrible. Absolutely shocking. Obviously, they lost bolted injury in that one uh, and a few other players hurt as well. I don't know what they were thinking. They played four tall source in the wet against St. Kilda. Why are you playing four talls in the wet? They Alarm bells, Donna. They dropped Rioli in Caddy. They're that two smalls, and they put bigs in. The thing that would have topped that off is they would have played the dirtiest player in the game, Lynch, and they would have had five talls. Just imagine that. They could have lost by more than 40 points, but very disappointing. Your thoughts on yeah. it? They're, they're the reigning oh, look, if, uh, I seen it and I was I couldn't believe it. Uh, I could I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, they they just you know and and the wet suits Richmond's game style. They got that move it move the ball forward uh, at all costs and, and you know get the momentum and surge it sort of forward. And I mean they just got out hustled by St Kilda. St Kilda was just better than them and. It's funny because we've ratted on St. Kilda so many times on this show because, they, look, they are super inconsistent. I mean, look, who's St. Kilda playing next week, Dom? I'll let me know that and then I'll uh, continue. But, you know, they're renowned for just being very, very inconsistent. I wouldn't be surprised if they do lose. They, they do lose to Collingwood. Uh, quite possibly so, uh, you know. Uh, I still reckon that's no good. It's so, pretty, uh, pretty poor So, So what do you put this down to, Dom? What do you put it down to in terms of um, – this. I've talked to Richmond supporters, and as you know, I've spoken to Richmond supporters in the past, and they're still a bit up in the – well, they're very pessimistic anyway, regardless if they win or if they lose. So yeah, it's just like, oh, we could have done better. You're the best team. But they literally said it's the first time I've heard them say, like, Damien Hardwick looks defeated, you know, as a coach. Like, his mannerisms, just the way he came across after that game, it just looked like he was burnt out. Literally looked like he was burnt out. And I don't know if that's worrying signs of there's things going on within the football club. Like, I don't know. It's just they're putting too much pressure on themselves to back it up. And I don't know what's going on, Source. What was once a well-oiled machine is starting to get a bit rusty in some spots, mate. Uh, they need a bit of WD-40 in there. <laughs> and at the moment, they're struggling to get that injection of WD-40. I can tell you that much. So... There is alarm bells. They do play Gold Coast this week. So they can probably bounce back and get themselves back into, like play themselves back into form. 
Well, if you're well, a Richmond supporter, you'll be Gold Coast, surely. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. If not, then might as well just pack it up. If North's beaten them, then this week. Uh, we'll move on. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just watch that uh, very closely and see what's that space. Happen. Watch that space. Definitely. Uh, we had Collingwood defeated by Fremantle by 12 points. Uh, Collingwood lost this game in the last three minutes. I don't know if you saw Source. They were up. They were up 79 to, uh, was it 63? And I went away. I was actually the last 10 minutes. I went away, came back. So it was 73 to 63 or whatever it was. And I came back and it was 91 to 79. Fremantle in front. They just went nuts in in that last 10 minutes of the game in the final quarter and just Literally wiped them off, mate. They they played so well. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, next up, we had North defeating Gold Coast. My boys are back. We don't want them finishing uh, second last. We want them finishing last still. So stop You winning. want that draft pick, don't you? Don't you know, but it was, it was good. And, and I, I said to you last week, I picked you. So I'm glad I said that they won, mate. Very, so I, very, very yeah. good chance to win this week. I, re- I really think so. And, you know. Okay. It's good because you know I I got a friend who's he's a very passionate North Melbourne sport. Another not not you, Dom. I mean you're you're passionate, but you're 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 not just uh, one eye one eye North. <laughs> you're you're very real about your side and where you, you sit. Uh, he he look he understands that they're in a real bit rebuilding stage. But for for someone like him who, who literally uh, lives and breathes football, he's uh, uh, his whole mantra when the when it's off season, he's counting down to the days that the season starts. Uh, and that's how much he loves football. So, and that's he was cool. so happy. To, he was so happy to see uh, North get another win, uh, and they got two and a half wins. So, I mean, Doma, it's come a long way because you did think that you may not win a game this season. Um, but no, 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 I said that we won't be very good this season. But I said don't underestimate our team because a lot of our key players are injured, our ex- experienced players. And I said to people, once we start getting the players back. We're not going to look as bad as what you thought we would be. And I hit the nail on the head. We've got Tarrant back. We've got McDonald back. Cunnington's been playing well. Zeebel's been Put some of the healthy. vets back. You know what I mean? Zerha's turned it around now in the last three weeks. Larky's actually starting to play better. DeMont's back. You know, like experience means a lot in football clubs. If you're playing kids out there, you know, more often than not, you're going to get belted. Thank and you. We saw, exactly. And we saw that with Gold Coast and GWS when they came into the into the league, you know, they had a lot of draft picks, so they had kids and they had a few veterans in there, but they just get smacked every week because they haven't got experience. That's yeah. what football is, and it's any sport really. So, I'm not worried about us, to be honest. Uh, the only thing I am worried about is finishing seventeenth. Now, people have said to me, "Oh, that's a loser's mentality." No, no, no. I'll tell you what a loser's mentality is. Finishing 15th or 14th every single year because we can finish 15th because we're only six, point, uh, six points behind Collingwood. A loser's mentality is finishing around Collingwood, Adelaide, 14, 15th, not bottom, bottoming out and getting picks and staying in a rut and being mediocre as a side or average to above average forever. Like if we don't and, bottom and, out, we're not getting Dom, back to Dom, how Dom, we were Dom. in the 90s. It's simple yeah, as that. But, I know we had okay. Carey. But yeah, yeah. We're not going to get Dom, back to that. Think about this, right? How many how many times has North Melbourne tried to throw big money at players, right? Yeah, and no one, and no one comes, either. right? Yeah. So, 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 so 
in that sense, it's better for you guys to actually get the draft picks and build a younger side because they're going to be at North Melbourne. And, and, and this, if they build together and they come up together then and there's success there, then they're more likely to stay and, and stick together. You know what I mean? So uh, that way you've you got more chance of, of building homegrown talent. I mean, you it, how I don't know how many guys nearly every offseason uh, North Melbourne is linked to a big free agent and, and no, no one chooses North Melbourne. Hey, and you know what? It actually worked in our favour with some of them. The goalie, pretty happy we didn't get him. Uh, Gaff, definitely happy we didn't get him. You, you know, we've been linked to some the, of these guys. You were in the running facade at one point, were you? Yeah, in the running facade. Uh, Dusty, Dusty would have been handy, but not for anything. Dusty, I prefer not to have him because he's wasted in our football club. He's actually wasted. He's not winning us a flag. You know what I mean? And he's a big-time player. North never plays in big-time games. So <laughs> there's no point having Dusty on your team. It's literally a waste. Look, it doesn't really work out for his brand. At the end of the no, day. it doesn't. It's better for yeah. him to stay at Richmond. Does he want to be winning flags or be a part of the shin bonus spirit? That doesn't even – it's like this mythological, mythological thing that's a load of crock. So anyway – I know where I'd rather be, winning Not players. the shin bonus! <laughs> anyway, we had Port up next against Sydney. Surprise, surprise. They won in Adelaide, Source. Who would have thought? Uh, won that by 10 points. Sydney put up a good fight. Buddy took over this game, Source, in the last quarter. Took over. He almost won it off of his boot. The Budweiser, one of your favourite players ever. You love him. You love him. Uh, next up, yeah, we have uh, Prestige, Prestige uh, Blues and Greens and Reds, DMGs. ladies and I gents. Like Actually, Go we'll finish up last with your game. Uh, GWS defeated by Hawthorne. Not a great performance by GWS. Uh, the Dogs smashed West Coast in Perth. Like, smashed them by 55 points. That was a great performance by the Dogs. I'll tell you what, in my opinion, I think they look better than what Melbourne Melbourne do. That's just my opinion, the Dogs. I know Melbourne towered them up, yeah? I know they towered them up when they played them. I think the Dogs are starting to just... Get their motor going. They're starting to play some good footy. And then the Blue Baggers, all the Blue supporters out there, you got to win by 10 points. As much as Sauce and I just wanted to see one more week of you on uh, Blue Abroad. <laughs> so then Teak will lose his job. Now you're stuck with him for the rest of the season because he got you a win. <laughs> so you are. Shit for you, boys. I'll, it's I'll, a mistake. I, I, I haven't it? watched the fan cams. I haven't caught up on it, but I'm definitely going to tune in because I want to see what this – I want to know what their reaction yeah, is. Yeah, I know. I've got to go. Anyone out there, once again, I'll say it. Blue or Broad, best fan channel on, on – uh, I'm not a Carlton supporter, but it's just so entertaining to watch the fans. It is so entertaining. Uh, and then the last game uh, was the D's beating your Bombers by 11 points. So you got a few thoughts on that game, Saucy. Uh, look – I caught I caught the first quarter and then caught parts of the middle of the game, then watched the end of the game. Um, we had our chances. Uh, you know, there's always going to be some umpiring decisions that uh, get talked about. I mean, they they were they were in this game, but it's in every game. So when, I'm not going to turn around and try blame the umpires. Um, funny in the in the first half when we were just trying to keep possession and chip the ball around um we weren't really going quick especially in the first quarter i mean we didn't let them score and we, you know we didn't get beaten it was probably good a bit of good game management and there was times there where we were close enough to maybe uh pounce and get in front uh but uh melbourne just willed the willed themselves uh to the win in the end um and in the last quarter they had a bit more 
um, you know, fresher legs. And I think they were coming off the bye as well, which, you know, sometimes coming off the bye isn't always, isn't the best thing, but uh, I feel like it it may have helped. Um, and the game previously, uh, we, we defeated Hawthorne, uh, was a bit of a slug. Um, and, you know, we didn't play the best game. Uh, we had to get through it. So, um, yeah, look, uh, what can you say? I didn't expect us to win, um, but, you know, it was it was a good match. It was a good match, and our guys are still improving. So, look. That's good. It's You've got good signs for you guys, so I wouldn't be stressing too much as an Essendon supporter. This was more of a, like a, a progressive season, new coach, getting games under your young guys, and not for anything, you're overachieving at the moment. You're a game We are overachieving. That's right. You're, you're a game, game out of if we, if we somehow sneak into eighth spot, I will, I will you know, I wouldn't I, – I couldn't fathom it, to be honest. Uh, us actually being in the eight when I thought, you know, we're bottom four side this year. And, you know, they proved me wrong, which is which is great, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, I wish we just finished bottom four. Of course, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, it's good to see that we're developing younger talent. We've got guys on our list that are towards the end of their careers. Yeah, like reality. Like, Zaharakis, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be there next season, uh, possibly. Um, who and there may be some other guys too. So, um, it's time to bring in some of the younger younger talent and uh, go from there. Terry in the in the comments, Lamorne. Uh, the Lamorne this week is going to be a, a lovely one. Don't you worry about that. Uh, yeah, a legend. A bit later game. in the show. All right, round sixteen. Let's get your tips. Gold Coast Richmond. Uh, I'm going to go Richmond. They'll bounce back for sure. Yeah, Geelong Essendon. Um, oh, we're going to play down in Geelong as well. Look, I, yeah. I think this will be back-to-back losses for us. Geelong will bounce back. Uh, Melbourne GWS. Uh, these. So far, I've tipped the same as Source. That's why I haven't given my tip. Uh, Adelaide Brisbane over there. Um, yeah, look, this this is a tough game for Brisbane. I'm going to look. I'm going to back them in, and this is what I mean. This is this is where Brisbane needs to come out and win this game. But Adelaide's more than a chance in this game. More than a chance in my. I'm tipping Adelaide. So uh, Freo, Freo Carlton. Um, Freo, Freo. Yeah, uh, Hawthorne Port. I think that's in Hawks. Tassie. Oh, that's it. It's it. Marvel. Marvel. Oh, that's Marvel. Marvel. I'm I'm going with Port. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, which is Hawks. so against so against me on this podcast. But Sydney versus West Coast in Sydney. Sydney. This is going to be a great game. This this I'm will be a very good Sydney. game. This uh, will be a very good game. Collingwood Saints. Surely, Pies. surely the Pies can't lose to that rabble of a football club. And then last one, I've tipped North three weeks in a row. And I'm going to go against them this week because we play against the Western Bulldogs uh, and I'm tipping the doggies. That's yeah, just doggies. a no-brainer. Uh, just a quick ladder update. D's first uh, one game ahead of the Dogs and then the Dogs are one game ahead of Brisbane in third, Port in fourth, Geelong in fifth, Sydney in sixth with 32 points, Eagles in seventh on 32. And then this is interesting, Source. Richmond eighth, Fremantle ninth on 28 points. GWS on 26 points in 10th. Essendon and St. Kilda in 11th and 12th on 24 points. So that there is very interesting, all the way up to 6th. Uh, Carlton uh, in 13th, Adelaide 14th, Collingwood 15th, Gold Coast 16th, Hawthorne 17th, and then the mighty Kangaroos uh, dead last. I said we'd try and get that percentage to 80. 
Still got a bit of work to go. Sixteen uh, percent. Come on, boys. Just get it to eighty percent, and I'll be happy. So that is footy. All right. So also we move on to the Styrian Grand Prix over the weekend. Supermax putting on a clinic. It's putting on a clinic. That Red Bull Racing team. Uh, I I feel this is uh this is going to be a lot closer than last year. A lot closer than your last year. I'll tell you what. Two laps. If there was two laps more, Perez would have been on the podium again. Would have been on the podium. He caught Bottas. He got within under 0.5 of a second on the last lap. If there's two laps more, yeah, that would have got one and three again and podiumed Red Bull. But Perez was dro- driving amazing. And we said this uh, last week, that Perez is just starting to find his own and he's the perfect teammate to complement Max. And he's actually getting the best out of the car and they're working out the best strategies for him as well to get on the podium. So it was stock standard uh, from go to woe. It was Verstappen first, uh, Hamilton in second, and then Bottas moved up from fifth with his grid penalty to finish uh, third. Uh, Perez in fourth, Norris in fifth, Sainz and Leclerc, the Ferrari sixth and seventh, Stroll eighth, ninth Alonso, tenth Sonoda. And you would have realized, Source, that I haven't mentioned Daniel Ricciardo in the top 10. Uh, Showed a lot of pace on free practice. And then there was no pace left in his car the day after during qualifying. And there was definitely no pace again on race day, which is quite disappointing. Uh, Discussed that a bit on the lockdown lounge with the boys. It really has been a disappointment so far at McLaren. I know he's had a few great races, but overall... He was doing better last year, wasn't he? Yeah, but... yeah, it's more of a test now to see what happens going into like that equalization for next year. I think that's what everyone's really gearing up for because it'll become more of a equal playing field and you'll really see the true drivers, how good they are. And we, my capability and belief in Daniel Ricciardo is quite high. I think he's a great driver. So, And I know you've mentioned that too. He is a great driver. So I've got a lot of belief in... In him, and I don't think like his career is over with. It just all depends on what's going to happen going from uh, 2022 and onwards in uh, Formula One racing. So it's a watch this space. Uh, there is an Austrian Grand Prix again this weekend, so more racing. What time? Uh, what time does it start? I think it's 11 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, now the interesting thing is we're probably going to make F1s. A permanent podcast, uh, like we'll bring it on the, this. The show. race isn't too late. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a review. Obviously, on this podcast, we're not going to get rid of it uh, as it's been here from day a dot. But um, we'll probably start doing an F one podcast pre race and then into the race a bit. Uh, give our views on it, and we actually gave it a heap. And I'm talking about a heap of uh, Grand Prix uh, F one card plays during that podcast for items that were listed and i'm telling you if you're paying attention and you listen to that you would have got some absolute steals some steals i'm talking about like lewis hamilton gold going for 106 bucks steals like crazy stuff so i don't know if it's cooled down a bit in that market source a little bit but there's some massive massive fines in there pierre gasly has gone cheap as well so definitely check that out and we'll bring that one back to you this week uh the standings as i said were uh that as the top 10 world championship now verstappen 
He's 18 points clear of Hamilton. So 156 to 138. Perez in third on 96. Norris in fourth on 86. Bottas in fifth, 74. Leclerc, 58. Sainz, 50. Gasly, 37. Ricardo 34. And Vettel, 30. And then the constructors, Red Bull, are clear by 40 over Mercedes, 252 to 212. Uh, McLaren, 120. Ferrari, 108. Uh, AlphaTauri, 46. Aston Martin, 44. Alpine, 31. Alfa Romeo, 2. And the Williams and the Haas, Big Fat Donuts, 0. They've got nothing. They are starving. All right, Sauce, bit of UFC talk. Over to you. UFC, as we know, Doma, uh, the the big card is on the 11th of July. So 264, obviously. I'll, I'll, it's the McGregor versus Poirier number three fight. That's the headliner. Um, we'll go into it a bit more depth next week. There is no fight night this week, so they're having a week off before 264. Um, but I'll run through the main card. You had in the lightweight division, uh, Renato Machano versus uh, Jai Herbert Machano with the win, second round submission. Welterweight division, Tim Means defeated Nicholas Dalby, third round decision. Featherweight division, you had Andre Philly uh, against Daniel Pineda, and uh, it was a draw, no contest. Uh, something must have happened uh, in that sense. That's usually uh, possibly an injury. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Um, Bantamweight. Timo, uh, Timo Veliv defeated Rayuni Barcelos, uh, third round decision. Uh, the heavyweight, obviously, there was two heavyweights, uh, fights. You had a big knockout by Tana Bosa in that second round over Vince St. Peru. So massive win there by Bosa. And then Cyril Gane defeated uh, Alexander Volkov, uh, went all the way to uh, the judges' scorecards. And uh, Cyril Gane gets the win, 9-0 as a professional fighter in the UFC. I believe that sees him uh, jump up right – oh, not jump up at all. Just sees him just sit behind uh, big Derek Lewis. Uh, you've got uh, – there's going to be uh, uh, the interim fight, I believe. Uh, Derek Lewis is fighting coming up. So hot balls. Interim, uh, yeah, hot balls. Yeah, my favorite fighter is going to be back in action soon. And I cannot wait for that one. Um, but um, Doma, it's uh, all looking towards UFC 264, which I'll definitely be tuning into those live, uh, making an effort. It's, it's a massive card. We'll go over it next week. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll leave it a short UFC um, one for this week. But it's it's interesting. Um, I don't. I'm not. I haven't watched how these sort of main cards, which might be something interesting to, to, to go away and maybe I'll uh, do a bit of research into this as I, as I note it down. But, you know, going and having a look at some of the guys that are fighting on this big card and seeing what maybe their, their, their cards are, are going for right now, especially like Poirier and McGregor, and then seeing if, you know, a, a win in that fight sort of, Bumps up their card price. It will, it'll be. I'm not sure if it, that it works like that in the UFC market, uh, or if there's like because there's he there's a big card and 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 McGregor or Poirier are on there, or um you know a couple of the other guys that are on there like Sean O'Malley or something like that's on the card as well. That potentially it may people get interest and want to buy a card at that point. So you know maybe listing it prior a day prior to the fight, they watch the fight. Sean O'Malley has a sick knockout. Goes on, they go on there, they see your Sean O'Malley card, you know, whatever it may be. 
um, and and want to buy it. I don't know if 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 that is potentially a play, but it's it's an, it's maybe something to look at. Um, I, I'm not sure how that sort of action plays into it, but the way I look at UFC cards is buying guys that are established. As I've said, Usman's a guy that I really love. He's you know could potentially go on and and defend that title ten times, which would be unreal. Um, so. That's the way that I sort of look at it. And Derek Lewis is my sort of fun play. I I, I just like him because he's just he's just funny. Just follow his Instagram page. He shares the, the most random, funniest shit. Um, and yeah, it, it, hot balls, man. Why can't you like hot balls? Hot balls is is a legend, bro. Absolute legend of the sport. We love him. Uh, but that's gonna be a massive card source. Massive, massive card. Um, and looking forward to it. Absolutely looking forward to it. Now. Huge. We will move on to NBA. But before we get into NBA, I just want to touch on NFL very quickly. All right? I could mention this in Hobby Talk, but I want to mention it now because I was watching uh, the little goat, not little pool man, uh, the goat, little Pete. Start calling him little G. He pulled today. He ripped bloody 30... Uh, NFL NT, NT boxes off its head, yeah. And he pulled a one on one Tom Brady uh, on card auto. Crazy card, crazy card. Now, I stopped watching when there was about, I think, 13 boxes left. Had to go do some stuff. And I missed out on seeing him pull a booklet source. It was a 24 patch booklet of QB's source. I'm going to read you some of the names that are in this in this booklet, all right? I, I just saw this now. Crazy. Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, Kurt Warner, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Bradshaw, Elway, Mahone Boy, Stalback, Aikman. Uh, who's that? Oh, I can't even read that one. Uh, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Joe Mate, Namath, Bob Greasy, Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, Phil, uh, Phil Sims. There it is on the Nick, screen for the for the people watching. Oh, there it is. Nick Foles, Jim Plunkett, Joe Theismann, Joe Flacco, and Jim McMahon. That is insane. That's ridiculous. If I pulled that booklet, bro, I would just I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Might have to go back and watch the is, is the um if you go on our um are you on the double coverage? There we go. Yeah, he's got. There it is. I'm on Little Pool Man. If you go he's in, um, right he's live right now, Little Pool Man. Is, so you, is he? Don't go over there. We'll stay here. Uh, go over there later and watch that. We we should get in the live and say, "Hey, you're live, Little P. <laughs> you got any messages? <laughs> this is streaming on our pod. No. So that was crazy. Uh, check our story. Because I actually put in our story when he hit that Tom Brady. I thought to myself, he just lost his shit. He goes, I think we've got a one-on-one. I think. So I'm like, oh, I'll screen record this. So I screen record and I put it in our story. So if you haven't seen it, uh, check that out. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy on the Tom Brady. All right, let's move on, Source, to uh, the NBA playoffs. Uh, we covered a few games on the lockdown lounge during the week and we're joined by the great man, our big boy movement. And <laughs> if you haven't watched that live, do yourself a favor. If you want to laugh, go watch that live. <laughs> Just do yourself a favor. Don't say we don't do it. Be prepared. Don't, don't say we don't do anything for you, double coverage family. <laughs> <'Cause>... 
If you want entertainment, that is the entertainment. That is the one. All right, let's go to game five. Joel, how are we, mate? Hey, Joel, what's happening? I know we're a bit early. Uh, Our usual listeners might start filtering in uh, maybe even towards the end of this podcast because we usually do it about 7, 7.30. Yeah, it was off the rails, man. Best way he said to explain it. It was off the rails. <laughs> I thought I was doing a Barstool, Barstool Sports podcast or a bloody, uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his, oh, man, the other guy with the crazy hair. Oh, he's like one of the uh, most famous. The Arsenal guy. Guys. No, no, no. It's, um, oh, I think. What's his name? name? Oh, Troops. I forgot his name. Troops, Troops, Troops. <laughs> troops. It's another. Troops goes I off. I love it. I love it. All right. Game five. Clippers got it done. And playoff P had one of the greatest uh, finals performances. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unreal. Great performance. I I never thought I'd be saying that on this show, but yeah. I'm going to – look, bounce back. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying is build uh, quality. I mean, you know – he arguably lost them the game by missing those two free throws down the stretch uh, in, in a previous game. Uh, I think it was game three. And then game four, he was nowhere to, to be seen, you know, to to um, towards the end. He, yeah, he, yeah. yeah, to help him win it. Like, he got them to that point, but he just he didn't try to take over the game in the in crucial point. But this game, he was just just killer. Killer, and he's been very, very good this series. He's been very good this whole playoffs. He's played the most minutes in out of anyone in the whole playoffs, right? So he's putting in big, big time for his ball club. Um, and look, Reggie Jackson was big in this as well, and so yeah, was Mark Reggie Jackson. Morris. And Boogie, and Boogie off the bench gave him fifteen points in twelve minutes. Came in, had an impact. Um, Ty Lue, man. Tyloo once again started Morris at center. Obviously, you had Zubach out, but you know you could have put in uh, your other tools, and he didn't. He decided to go small, ultra small, and it worked out for him. And uh, and Morris was huge in that first quarter. He was on fire. He could not miss. Um, so look. I'm glad that the series is, is getting pushed, man. I, I want to see this go to seven. Um, if this goes to but, seven, it's finished. Phoenix not winning if it's going to seven. I think they've, they've figured out a, a, a bit about DeAndre winning. Aiden. They're, they've nullified him a little bit. Yeah, they nullified him in that game for sure. Uh, he was nowhere near as effective. Um, I think that's got to do with them forcing him having to guard the perimeter and guard a shooter at all times. And maybe, you know who else? Yeah, he's maybe there could be a bit of Rudy Gobert about him, where you know, like Rudy Gobert starts getting a bit lost. He, although he's the defensive player of the year, gets lost when he has to guard the the perimeter shooter. And um, you know, source they've worked out a few things. Tyloo, they've worked out Cameron Payne. They've marginalised him. I said it last week. They marginalised Jay Crowder, who's a big impact guy. They've Force, they're getting into Booker, completely getting into Booker, forcing him. Like, Booker is playing well. Yeah, he had 31, but they're forcing him to take dumb shots, harder shots. Chris Paul, the same thing. They're trying to push him away from his spots and his usual um, rhythm where he gets that pull away on the right-hand side mid-range fading and he always hits it. 
they're forcing him even further on towards the baseline to take that shot. The adjustments that they've made is unbelievable. And not for anything, think about how many vets playing for the Clippers have been in this position before in their career, whether it be in a conference final or an NBA finals. You think about that. It's unbelievable. That, like the talent there. And yeah. the experience. And, and that means Pat something Beverly has worried guys. I mean, I've seen him uh, pick Chris Paul clean uh, and, you know, steal the ball off him. And he's been solid on defense, obviously, just, just doing great. what he does. Um, but, look, I, I, I don't know who's going to win the next game. I'm not even going to give a prediction because I, I think it's a 50-50 game. It, the game goes back to L.A., yeah. And where, look, you know, they did win, but I, why doesn't this go to a game seven? I, I think it does go to a game seven. So I'm going to say Clippers in this one. I'm going to go Clippers uh, win the next I'm, game. I'm going Clippers too. Uh, Joel said PG looks more confident. I think he's mentally looking like he's in the right place. I, I agree. And a lot of people out there, the pundits have said, like, um, he's the one in the team because he's always there, Paul George. You know what I mean? He's always plays. Kawhi Leonard is resting and doing this and it's like Paul George is the one. He's the one that fronts the media. He does all the stuff. That's fair enough and that's not going to, it's not an indictment on Kawhi Leonard. It's probably true. The guy's around a lot more and the only concern I have for Paul George is we've seen this already in this playoff series like performances like this and then he just goes missing. So we're all up and about going oh yeah Told you he's not overrated. Told you he's not overrated. He's such a gun. He's such a gun. And then he just follows up a game with like an absolute, like just a horrific ball game in the next one and goes missing. Yeah, but it sometimes him. it's not even that, Domo. Sometimes it's it's down the stretch. Like Kawhi's not there yet. Down the stretch, demand the ball. Like, I know. I know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you go missing. It's that, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, it, it, you know, and there has been previously where he has done that, but this. Playoff series, playoff run. He's been very consistent. Um, so you got to you got to give him that credit. Uh, there's one guy out there who I follow on uh, IG. You know, everyone knows him. I've mentioned him before on this uh, show. Uh, South Park underscore cards on IG. He's a very very big PG uh, collector fan, um, and he just doesn't understand the hate on that PG gets sometimes. And we've given it to him on this show, but rightfully so, because he has played in like a potato in the playoffs previously. But this playoff run, he's been very good. But it's just at times down the stretch in the fourth quarter, I'm telling you, go back and watch the last three minutes, four minutes of a game when it's close. That's, you know, you're the best player on the court. Get the ball and make the play. Fair call. That's what I'm saying. We, we demanded that of we demanded that of Giannis in the last series, and it was Chris Middleton that took up that opportunity. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I don't, I, same, I don't get that. Thing. That's one thing that I don't get. I don't get you're a back-to-back MVP like that Giannis point, At least and LeBron, you don't demand like, the ball in the last three minutes. I know people give shit to LeBron because he's passed up a few shots, uh, not to say that Jordan hasn't ever done that, which he did. But anyway, besides the point. But LeBron demanded the ball down the stretch to win the game. He demanded it. And it got to the point where he's that hot that he had three guys 
defend him so he can pass it to an open shooter. It's not his fault that they miss it. They're wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like That's the whole thing. Demand the ball. Bully them. He's killed them in the paint, Paul George, and the same with like Giannis. So, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And talking about Giannis, let's move on to that game four today. Um, Hawks versus Bucks. And as Saul said at the top of the show, very sad day if you're a Bucks fan. I'm just telling you now, me personally, I've done an ACL. Source has done it too. Uh, he's done. He's gone. Yeah, that, that I'm telling you that that he's feels gone. exactly something similar. What happened to me? Literally planted my leg, and my leg bent the wrong way, and it and I mean that bent a lot, Doma, because you can see no, hyper extensions. Gone. It doesn't look that bad. That bent a lot. No, he's gone. And just imagine the height, the weight, and the force. Of Giannis, like his height, how heavy he is. He's a big boy. It's not like he's a small guy, but the momentum and the force obviously coming down. So he's landed and all that torque and pressure going into the hyperextension. He's done because the hyperextension isn't the part you got to look at when somebody does their knee. You got to look at the reaction when they hit the deck. When the knee is bent and he's literally holding onto it for dear life because it's in that much pain, excruciating pain. Obviously, he hasn't explained if he's had like that hot searing pain in his knee or he heard a click. None of that's come out. But the way he looked on there is kind of like, as crazy as that's like how I reacted when I did mine. I like cradled my knee and like with as much force, you know, you like grab your knee with force because you're in excruciating pain. So you're like squeezing it. Not that it does anything. It doesn't get rid of the pain. And he just looked he looked demoralized, man. Like demoralized getting helped off that yeah. court. He's done. I, I, I don't want to hear, oh, Biscuit, he'll come back next series. He's not playing. Even if they win this series, he's not playing in the finals. So the Bucks need to find out a way to win it. Because Saucer said on this show previously, as he said about Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to take what Saucer said, I'm going to say about Giannis. It's a knee injury. It's not like a, a, sm- a small meniscus tear like Joel Embiid, all right? You bring them back and they do their ACL, then they're definitely finished. You know what I mean? If it yeah. isn't already an ACL. So you're going to be very cautious on these things, very cautious. So I, I wish him all the best, honestly. I really do, and it's shattering. It really is for the Bucks franchise. But there's a lot of trouble down there in Milwaukee. The the thing that I'm more concerned about, Source, putting aside the Giannis injury, they had Giannis before he got injured, but putting that aside, you lost to Atlanta by 22 without Trey Young. Doesn't matter if Giannis plays or he doesn't play, you should be winning. Like that's you should be up three one. Yeah, I think so. I'm just putting it out there. I, I, I still think the they had enough bro. on that court with Middleton and, and Holiday. Holiday. Brooke Lopez and PJ Tucker, all these guys that are – you just beat Brooklyn. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's on the players, but I said it to you before we came on the show. Mike Budenholzer, look for a new job, buddy, because even if you win a title, I wouldn't keep you I would not keep you. You're terrible. Genuinely. They're going to win a title based off the talent. Like the ability of their players. Because he struggled. Like, 
That's how they won that Brooklyn series. They won it because of their talent. They couldn't stop Durant. And even if if you know you can't stop Durant, they made no adjustments for anyone else. You let him Blake Griffin kill you in the last series. Are you, are you taking the piss? Like they got like Gallinari and Le- Lemon Pepper Lou, who did nothing the whole season. He's now playing well. Like, what are you doing? Like, seriously, Sauce. You can't be losing to this team without Trey Young. Honorable mention. I just want to go out there and say honorable mention. Cam Reddish, obviously second game back off a prolonged injury. Uh, 23 minutes, five of nine, two or three from three. And uh, 12 points. 12 points. Big Cam Reddish. So uh, good to see the young fella back out there. And, uh, you know, you got to credit the Hawks. Uh, they kept him to 20%. From the free point line, twenty percent, eight of thirty-nine. I mean, the Hawks weren't much better, thirteen of uh, thirty-eight. But that was the difference in the end. They they uh, hit what five more threes, fifteen points. And what did they lose oh, by, Doma? Twenty-two. There you go. So uh, that was uh, a big part of it. Just on Cam Reddish, really quickly. Um, when Atlanta was actually playing decent basketball at the start of the season before he got hurt, uh, he was playing pretty well. He can shoot the three ball, and he is a great defender. It's what they need. He's a young kid that can defend. He's uh, yeah. pretty good, and it's good to see how to it's good to see how to block today because he actually can play. Goldberg's defense. whipping boy, I call him Goldberg's whipping boy. Why? Wow, what's he done? Andrew Goldberg loves to uh, loves to whip up on Cam Reddish. Goldberg's pushing me, Sauce. I'm telling you, he's pushing me. He wants the award. He's just jealous. Cage has it, and he doesn't. I'm telling you, he's pushing me. I've seen. I've heard him many times on an LTV podcast whipping up on Cam Reddish. Goldie, I love you, mate. I love you. Know I do, (laughs) but you are pushing me, man. You're pushing me. The fact, oh, the fact that you said. A play. Oh, I'm just putting it out there. If you haven't heard the fact that you, oh my, you don't understand Goldie. The fact that you said you can potentially invest in Timo Werner in episode 353. I thought I almost drove off the road when Cage got the lemon of the week. Jesus! Oh, you're pushing me. You're on this close to snapping, Goldie. Oh, I told you, you can't say that. Oh, well. Oh, they're gone now, Doma. So that would have been a great, great investment. Yeah, Timo actually played all right this morning, just quietly. Never thought I'd say well. that, but he, he did, actually he did. Play played well. a lot better than Nabry did. Uh, that's pretty much it for the basketball. I just wanted to quickly just go over some asterisk talk source. I've seen a couple oh, uh, accounts. Yep. I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention their names because I'm, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not here to slander people. They've done it again. They've just gone, oh, it's an asterisk season again. We thought last year was an asterisk season. This year's the asterisk season because everyone's injured. Don't give me that shit because you know what I do when I hear that stuff and they have pictures of all the people that are injured. It's like, oh, that's cool. So I'll grab your pictures of the people that are injured and I'll do some research and I'll give you the hard-earned facts. Now, there was a, there's receivers in the NFL source and this is going to relate to basketball. Don't worry, it's going to relate to basketball. Receivers in the NFL that have come back into the league and coming back from injury have always said 
We need practice. Practice is the most important because I need to cop hits. I've got to callous my body up because the more I take hits, the more my body can withstand like the trauma playing that game because it's very violent. Same with basketball, yeah, because it's actually very physical. When you go into the basket, getting hit, getting pushed off like off the ball, it's not like you're just standing there and everyone just guards you like this and they move side to side. Like there's a lot of contact. And learning how to fall is a massive thing, especially as a big guy. And then uh, I've heard people ask questions to former NBA players and they've gone, oh, how come people are getting more injured? And now they hit the nail on the head. As much as people go, oh, yeah, they work hard. They do work hard, but they are distracted a lot more than what they were 20 years ago. All right? Like, they're too caught up in social media bubbles and let's do this and let's do that. And, like, the focus isn't there. So they're getting injured more. As much as people don't want to admit to it, it actually is part of the problem. And they said, like, they used to look forward to practice as much as it was grueling on the body. You need to put your body and push it to its limits. So when it comes to playoff basketball, when the intensity, as we said, goes up to 150%, your body can withstand it. You might get a few niggles, but it avoids like long-term injuries. So I'm going to go through a couple of the players that are injured, all right, Sauce? And everyone said, oh, it's a short season. That's why they got hurt, blah, blah, blah. All right? Anthony Davis. Needless, needless, like, need I say more about Anthony Davis? It's always injured. Thank you. So I'll tick that one off. LeBron James, high ankle sprain. Freak accident. The guy dived into the ball. That wasn't short-term season turnaround. He dived into the ball and his body went into it. Like anyone would get injured. He was lucky he didn't snap his leg if you haven't seen the footage. So that's a freak accident. That's nothing to do with short turnaround. Chris Paul, shoulder. He's back playing. He's fine. Right? It's a niggle. You're going to cop niggles in playoff basketball. It is just normal because it's so physical. Here's another one. Joel Embiid. He's played through it, but he's hurt. But Joel Embiid, another one, always injured. All right? Kyrie Irving, always injured. It's got nothing to do with the season source. I'm just pointing this all out. James Harden, in my opinion, got rushed back from that injury. I think it was a lot more severe. And then he redid it in that series. But in saying that, I understand short turnaround to get to the playoffs and like they want him back. But do you take the risk? Yes. You do. Sometimes you want to play injured and you do. So that one, just unlucky. Giannis today. Do you think that was short turnaround or was that a freak accident? Because he knew he was going to land like that. Nah, freak accident. That's Thank unlucky. you. Trey Young stepped on the ref's foot. Got bone bruises. Freak accident. Thank you. Like, are we being for real? Like, Jamal Murray went up for the layup, landed, did his knee, freak accident. Jalen Brown broke his hand, freak accident. It's got nothing to do with the short turnaround. It comes to, they got too many distractions out. Like, practice isn't like how it was, like the contact and stuff, as like when Jordan and all these guys were practicing. It's become literally cotton wool practice. That's what it's become. It's soft as butter. That's what it is. It's freak accidents and stuff. And it's and besides the point, the season isn't an asterisk source. As we said last year, the greatest titles that you can ever win in sports is when you deal with adversity. There's always adversity in sport. 
You have to be very lucky to win things in sport without any injuries. Doesn't happen, really. It's very hard. Leicester so, City was maybe one of the last that yeah, I remember were, where they, yeah. they did, just source, didn't I'm, get injuries. And to, they... But, Source, I'm telling you, it's getting to the point where sports is becoming like everything else in society. It's becoming too hard. For, it's, everything gets put in the too hard basket. It's like a bit like the hobby. Oh, it's too hard now. P- prices aren't going up. I'm leaving. It's like basketball. Oh, it's too hard. I'm not going to watch it anymore. There's too many injuries. The playoffs are up 39% from any other year, mate. Like, are you for real? The injuries have been unlucky. I'm not saying that it's all based on short turnaround, but a lot of the guys I just mentioned to you are always injured every single season. Just because LeBron says, oh, I told you so, short turnaround, I told you everyone was going to get injured. Yeah. LeBron, you don't know shit. You don't know shit. Shut the hell up. You don't know shit. You, Mister, I've won two titles off uh, two shortened seasons in the last ten years. All right, don't give me that shit, LeBron. All right, you got, you got. I'm serious. Here he goes. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Give it to. Him. Let's go. You got. You played the wrong one, bro. You played the. He's loaded up. He's blown it up. Hey, you've blown it up, mate. No, you got to give him the up. other one. Hey, LeBron, you like that? You're going to give him the other one. <laughs> give it to you him. You like that? You like that? Back. You like that? Kirk Cousins is back. I'm serious. I had to flame it because I'm getting sick and tired of this fucking talk, Sauce. It's, it's annoying me. It really is annoying me. Get on with it. Shut up. Seriously. Everyone always gets injured in sport. If no one got injured, it'd be a perfect like. It's not a perfect world where no one gets hurt in sport. There's never such thing as that. Whether it's NBA, NFL, AFL, MLB, soccer. When you put yourself on a court every single night in any sports source, you don't know the outcome. You don't know the outcome. When I did my knee, when you did your knee, did we think, oh, we're going to do our knee tonight? We're going to go out on the court and we're going to play still. Like, think about it. Think before you speak sometimes. Think about that. All right? The preparation probably isn't as good as what it was. And by all accounts on a lot of stories that we've heard in the media and by a lot of people that have told us, preparation isn't as what it was 20 years ago. So whose fault is it actually? Don't go blaming Adam Silver. That's that's just my, my take on it. So there's a bit of a... A flame on those guys, Sauce. So, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Lamont of the week. This was an interesting one, Sauce. Doma, it's it's getting to a point now that, that look, it's great that we get insight and, and stuff like this <laughs> as fans uh, to these guys, especially after they've finished their career and, you know, we hear stories and, and all that. But I feel this is, you know, one step too far uh, where he's gone with this. And and some of the other things he said throughout the week, you know, or past weeks, obviously leading up uh, all into perfect timing with his uh, book release. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So, look, Domo, lead it away. Uh, That was just my little quick take on it, but then we can elaborate on it a bit more. So I'll set the same for you, Sauce. I'm listening to the herd. 
I hear this stuff come out. I'm scrolling through my Instagram. I'm seeing all these uh, quotes from the greatest, one of the greatest Robins in the history of, of basketball, right? Scotty, don't want to check into the game because I'm pissed off Pippen. He made some outlandish remarks. And you know, Source, on this show, and we said it from day dot, we don't do politics, yeah? But this isn't really political. It's more judging a man's character. Yeah, okay, he coached you. Never heard anything from any other player that coached under Phil Jackson. That was a game-winning shot. And Scotty cracked the shits and uh, said that the, the play was drawn up for Tony Kukoc. Great player, great shooter. He was a great shooter, Tony Kugoc. And he said that Phil overlooked him to take the shot because he's a racist. Now, pretty interesting source because I listened to The Herd today. And funnily enough, as I say from time to time, I agree with Colin and I completely disagree with Colin. But Colin actually told a story that was quite interesting. Uh, he covered Portland. Um, when uh, Scotty was there. And he said that players were always drawn up for Scotty and he could never make them because he wasn't a good uh, he wasn't a good shooter. He was a slusher. And he goes, on top of that, how many times did Phil Jackson, let's go back to the Bulls now, draw up players for Paxson and Steve Kerr to take the final shot? Does he not think that he wants to win games? So if the ball's not in Michael's hands and you're not a better, a great shooter, wouldn't I pass it to a shooter like a Kukoc, a Kerr, or a Paxson? What's race got to do with it? And Source hit the nail on the head when he, he introed this. His book launch, uh, book release is coming out. It's launching. Uh, and not for anything, since The Last Dance came out and Jordan said some glowing things on Scotty Pippen and then some really interesting things on Scotty Pippen. He's kind of just lost the plot. He's just trying to rag on everyone and destroy everyone. And everyone's looking at Scotty like, look yourself in the mirror, Scotty. And if you look at yourself in the mirror at the moment, Scotty, you know what you're going to see? A big yellow sphere. That's, That's what you will see, see. Scotty Pippen. That big lemon right there. <laughs> oh, speaking of the lemon of the week, Sauce, uh, over Saucy's right shoulder there. Um, Adam from At Beats and Breaks. We revealed this on a lockdown lounge, but he created the lemon of the year award for us uh, in a BGS slab. Who are also nominated for Lamont of the Year? <laughs> They're also gem nominated. Mint, zero gem mint munted, gem munted, <laughs> lemon of the year, centering zero, edges zero, corner zero, surface zero, lemon of the year. So thank you, Adam, it, for that. So the winner, in a BGS lab. so the winner of the Lamont of the Year will get their very own uh, slabbed Lamont. Prison card, so pretty good. We'll take it. Unreal. Uh, I think honestly, Unreal. if we're talking about nominees at the moment, Cage is going to want that because he wants to add that to his slab collection. I can tell you that much <laughs> when he sees it. It's not in a PSA, happy. so I don't think he wants it. 
Uh, all right, so let's move on to some hobby talk. And we will start with, there's no blockchain stuff this week. So we will start with uh, a card that was in a PWCC auction and during the week. And that was a Ronaldo patch auto. Now, Sauce, you wanted to say a few things on this and then uh, I might give a take. So take it away. Yeah, look, any, anyone who hasn't seen it, it was a, a massive uh, Ronaldo Auto Flawless. Um, if I can find it, I'll, I will bring it up in a sec when Dom is speaking. Um, but, you know, there were some people out on the socials who were questioning. Um, it, it was a patch auto, and it's numbered to only 15, I believe, 15 or 25. We'll clarify that in a sec. But... They believe that the the patch had been swapped out and based off other photos of the same cards out of that set, the other numbers, I mean, the patch does look somewhat dubious and there may be more behind this story. Um, now, look, I'm not out here to say, yeah, the patch is fake or not fake. I don't know enough facts. Uh, it does look a bit bizarre after seeing, you know, the other numbers from the set and the patch is looking nowhere near the same. Um, not, not even, not even close. Like, um, so, and people believe that, you know, it's been swapped out for, for, you know, this patch. So it can fetch this sort of price tag. Thing is, obviously Domain, we know it's been graded at BGS 9.5. Um, so if it is fake, it's, it's, first of all, it's slipped BGS. Uh, second of all, it's it's slipped PWCC, but they're sort of relying on on BGS in a way. Uh, and then, yeah. um, the thing that annoys me about this is, if it was fake, why is it so hard to get this checked? It's a number to fifteen flawless card. Why does not? Why doesn't Panini have images? And you can email Panini and go, hey. Look, we think this might have been a swap patch. Do you have original images of the card on your database? Yeah, we do. Here they are. This is the original card, what it looked like when we made it and packed it into the box. There you go. Why is it so yeah, difficult to sense, have bro. something like that implemented? Please. This should be so easily to back check. So easy. I, I, I don't know if they do have images like that. But I, I highly doubt that they do. I think that they I, should. I think it's something the company that created you know, the card. If a patch in there like the one that was sold in there compared to one of the other ones literally fetches a ten thousand dollar more premium. Is that not wrong morally? That's complete false advertising. That's not the card that Panini put together. Right? So I think this is something that is one once again one of those grey areas in the hobby because we've said this before on this show and we, we keep it real with you. The hobby's great. We love it. But where there is money, where there is financial gain, there will be evil people out there that do things to manipulate things for their own financial benefit. 
it's been like that since the test of time. Go back to the Romans, go back to the, the ages forever and ever and ever. And it's no different today in the 21st century. 100%. So there's a lot more accessibility to do so now as well than what it was back then. So it's become that's more, right. much more common. So look, you, what are your thoughts on it, Doma? I've so, elaborated on it a lot there. So uh, what, do you, what are your takeaways? I'm, I've, I'm of the same mindset as you to uh, an extent. Well, I've got a few other things where it's like Panini potential. Everyone said because a lot of them were like shoe patches and stuff in that card. And they said, oh, this one's odd. It wouldn't surprise me if Panini were to put that patch in there. The thing that I thought was if there's a patch like that, where's the other half of it? you know, of that Portugal logo. So potentially, have we seen all 15 cards? I've seen five images circulate of five different cards. It's numbered to 15. So until I see all 15 cards and the images of all 15 cards, like, it's pretty hard source, you know? It's not like it's numbered to five and five of the, or four of them were pieces of his shoe, his boot, and then that one was just a, a patch. You know what I mean? Like, then it's a bit sus. But there's 15 of the cards, and I see five images of the cards. And one of the five is, is this Portugal patch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that there is a bit funny. Secondly, I agree with you, Source. They should be able to email Panini and say, hey, listen, you should have a record of all the memorabilia cards you've created for that product on your system. Bring it up, and it should be numbered. It should say a Ronaldo patch numbered 9 of 15, which I think this card is. You click on that. If it comes up 9 of 15 and it's not the correct patch, then it's fake. The next thing is BGS. And I'm not turning this into a rag out on BGS or PSA or a grading company yet. But the thing that people need to understand when you grade your card, you get two things in return. Your card in a slab with a grade, but your card is also authenticated by the grading company that it's real. That's the other thing. So the, the fact that this card could be fake potentially we don't know if it is, but the fact that that's gone through to the keeper, as we say here in Australia, like through to the wicket keeper, and it's completely missed BGS, who are on top of a grading company, or an authentication of memorabilia company, is an indictment on them. So I understand, yeah, it goes to PWCC, but PWCC's certificate of authenticity is any card that they get that's slabbed. That's the certificate of authenticity. Yes, they check to see if it's a fake slab. Yep. And to make sure, they, there's a serial number on there and they can look it up. That's the card there. That's the card in question. Two you or 15, it was. Two Flawless Panini. Uh, it's been graded at 9.5 and, 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 you know. It, it, look, it's a bizarre one. I think there was a, a person on IG. I can't remember his name. I should have saved the post. Who brought up and he had you know images of four other cards from that set that looked nothing like this. Um, it's like, four card source. There's fifteen cards in the set. Yeah, fifteen in that print run. Sorry. So until I see the other ten, like, and to be honest, if the guys. If this is fake, the guy's done a pretty good job of not destroying the card to put that patch in. He's done a bloody good job. So, honestly, Sauce, I don't know. I don't know. 
Look, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I, I would hope. I, I've I've sort of got the faith a bit in 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 Beckett, and okay. Billy. I don't know. I don't that know how. Sense. Greatest don't authenticate patches and include that includes PSA and BGS. So apologies on that. But they authenticate the card. So how can the patch not be part of the card? So then once again, here's another gray area in the hobby within grading companies that once again just shows what an absolute load of crock it is. So I'm more of the fact of like, yeah, like if you're not sure then, well, that just assures it. Like surely Panini has the cards on file. And if you're within doubt, you can go ask someone. And not for anything, when you drop in $53,000 on the card, I probably want to make sure that it's real. And not for anything, and apologies on that, a lot of people out there, that bought, the person that bought this card would have thought the same thing that I just said, that it's authenticated by BGS, so it must be real. Like every other person. So, I don't know. It's going to be tough, Source, to be honest. Until you see all, 10, all 15 cards, I don't know. That's a worrying sign, uh, Marty, uh, if there is uh, multiple patches out there being authenticated and graded. Well, they're not being authenticated, are they? They're, just, they're pretty much just being graded. Once again, there just proves the point that uh, uh, grading companies really necessary for the hobby. Uh, seriously. What do they do then? Just tell you the condition of the card that with a jeweler's loop and a bright light, you could do yourself. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. One's opening back up. Let's talk about that. PSA is opening their doors this week. And word on the street, Dummer. Highly anticipated at reopen, you know. Their $30 subs are coming back. That's what everyone no, thought. No, no, they're not. That, that will only open with the top two tier levels. That That's my anticipation. So those that's prices it. are? Uh, I think it's the, what, the one that's at the moment is like 350 And then I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 150 option. A lot of people said that it's going to take a long time for them to get through that backlog. It's not going to be 100% done. I, I, honestly, Source, we've said it before. Surely they have to come out with a cap. Surely. I can't it would make was, sense. It would I make can't sense. remember who I was listening to this week on a podcast, and they said they were talking about HGA, that they upgraded their thing, and they said that Tyler's doing – such a great job and he's forever expanding that he'd be able to take in cards by the end of the year or middle of the, sorry, middle of next year, potentially to the threshold of like a PSA, but on a capped amount, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like PSA could get a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand cards, Oh, no, sorry, a 500,000 or a million dollar, million cards a month. And what he's trying to say is with the caps, HGA could work to that point that they've received 250,000 cards a week and they can return them during the time efficiently back to Yeah, look, there's been, it, it's, it's funny, that one, and I'm going to have to dig a bit deeper in there. And yeah, I, I'm not I wouldn't 100% mind. sure on that. There, there's been uh, issues... 
throughout. Obviously, I'm in a few of their their Facebook groups and I follow a few of their posts on on IG. And some people, you know, people aren't happy. They let you know. They're like they'll comment on your post. Uh, if anyone goes and watches their transparency video, which um, was good. Could have been better, Doma. Could have been better. I yeah, think there's, there, there's more that can be done there. Um, people have commented there and, and not happy with a few things that are going on. There is there is a bit of an issue. Some people have been paying for uh, the a certain service and it goes over a certain amount of time um, and then they get their cards back before the next rate of service. Um, but they get ref- refunded partially, which is, you know, it's sort of becoming a point where um, that's to- sort of, yeah, you don't want to keep doing that because it, it's going to throw out your mantra that you built so hard to, to build up build, from the beginning. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of things that I hear, hear good, but there's also, you know, some things which people aren't happy with. Um, funny enough, one of, one of the other grading companies that we were supposed to get on an interview and due to them not having uh, things done with patent rights and maybe questions that we were going to ask them around, around their grading processes and things, uh, revolution card grading and yep. co or whatever, whatever they're called. They're up to nearly 7,000 followers on IG and pumping out the cards. Um, I mean, I'm not willing to send my cards there. Um, but anyone who's willing, maybe getting my comments. There, there is so many grading companies popping out. It is, it's becoming a bit of a gimmick, Doma. Uh, let's be honest, guys. I'll tell you something right now. I guarantee you, there is a place where you can order on the internet somewhere, right? Where you can order that slab that you can put together yourself. You could create your own label. You could probably buy them in bulk if you want to put your cards in the slab, right? And literally not even grade all your cards because who knows some of these companies, what gives them the, you know, the right that they're going to grade your card good? Like what gives you the qualification? You know what I mean? Like some, that's my biggest question when a grading company pops out of the ground. What gives you the right? What gives you the qualification to grade a card? You know what I mean? Not that there is a qualification, but you know, what have you done? You know, have you been involved in the hobby for 15 years? Have you submitted, you know, 10,000 cards to PSA and 5,000 cards to BGS? You know, what's your experience with other grading companies and using them and being a customer, being a consumer of them? You know, how, what's your understanding of grading? What processes do you put into grading the card? Like, these are the questions that I want to know before I put my money behind or just send, give my money to you. Mind you, depending on what card I'm sending, if I'm sending a base card, like, I don't really give a shit, right? Like, it's a base card, I, I get it. But if someone's going to turn around and send you an auto card from your PC, maybe a $100 card, like, they want to trust you. I can't believe, I can't believe how many people in this market New grading company. Oh shit! Let's give them a go. Send them a bunch of cards before knowing shit. It baffles me, man. It baffles me. Uh, and there's a few out there. We had one drop in our uh, live stream one time on on IG on a lockdown lounge. Some Australian graded company. I think I was, you know, as we know, there's uh, the the major grading company out of Australia that most people use with the Australian little logo on the thing. I can't remember the name. They, they don't respond to our emails, Dom, to come on the show. Uh, so, you know, they must be doing really well. Um, 
Then you've got some other grading company popping up. It's called TCG Grading. You've got another one out in Perth popping up I've seen. It's ridiculous. It's got to a point where I I mean, not only is PSA opening, not only is PSA opening, mate, every other grading company under the sun is opening. So it's Um, it's double coverage grading. Fuck. Oh, mate. Ladies and gents, if you want want us to, if you want me, honestly, I could probably source the the plastic cases from a supplier in uh, China, right? And then bring it over here. We could slap some nice uh, double coverage uh, logo get on the top. This, get this color scheme here, or is get it that here? color scheme in the yeah, in the lo- black Heat. label with the Miami Heat color scheme? I'm not going to grade it though. It's just literally just going to. It the ain't getting graded. It's just getting slapped. It's going to be the cheapest no slab card on the market, mate. No grades. Slab it up. I don't know what the cost is going to be. So don't hold me to a number. But it would be great if it was ten dollars a slab. Bang. There's your slab. Ten just bucks. brainstorming, by the way. It's not happening just yet, or if ever. But it's just brainstorming. It's just like, what's to stop anyone from doing that? It's. I, I think. I know we. It's good to actually discuss this because we never thought we'll, we'll be discussing this tonight. On like, is it necessary to have your cards graded? You know what I mean. And there's so many, and it's got to the point where it's like, did this? I don't know this routine, this habitual thing of grading cards come about because that was the culture in the hobby. You know what I mean? That's the culture of it. So that's why it became a thing. And I'm with Source. I'll I'll be honest with you, straight out, to listeners and viewers. Like, if we didn't interview Tyler from HGA, and I know that like LTB also interviewed him, but us actually interacting with him and talking to him before the pod, after the pod, interviewing him during the pod. He's so down to earth and he came across as a great guy, but he was also very transparent and informative on his company and he's an avid collector pre-starting this up. It gave me confidence to say, yeah, I'd give HGA a go. And then based on what he's done since then in terms of like his feedback and his customer service and refunds and, you know, that gives me Just confidence. have a look at that last oh, clip everyone. in that video. That last clip in the video where he shows the whole team in one picture. Think about that. This is a company that's what six, eight months old. Six Probably to eight, eight months, months old. old. Massive. All, all I'm saying is like that gives me confidence, and and I'm not saying to other grading companies you need to come on our show for me to trust you. We listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, don't worry, I'll listen to CSG. And they sound good. I've been speaking with CSG. And they potentially will be coming on this podcast. So, you know, they sound good. And they had the backing of CGC before that. Yeah. So there's already. And we've graded cards with CGC, Pokemon cards. And they've got a big reputation. You know what I mean? But all these ones starting up, you've got to put yourself out there. You know, film yourselves. If you don't want to go on a podcast, you've got to be transparent like Tyler. Show some of your processes. Show the stuff that you do. Like I give a good tip for RCG. Source. Here's a good tip for them. Show us how you get the die in the slab. That'd be sick. People would want to see that. I think that's you know? where it comes down to the the, the patterning issues and, and yeah, those things, which they may have mentioned. Not, yeah, but it's also marketing yourself out there as well. You know what I mean? Any Any new company that comes into the space, 
if you market correctly, you're already 10 steps ahead of BGS. You're not as big as them, but you're 10 steps ahead of them. You know, you're doing something right. I literally look at HGA and look at the way that they're doing things and take a leaf out of their book. And everyone that keeps shitting on HGA, you got to wake up because you're literally, you're living under, you're living with bloody blinkers on, mate. You've got no idea. Literally no idea. You might know about cards, but I'll tell you what, you're so beholden to one grading company and you're not willing to look at anyone else. It's pretty sad. Like they're doing good stuff for the hobby and we credit people that do things well. I'm not going to go piss in some company's pocket that's doing a poor job and be like, oh yeah, you should still go grade with them. Stuff that shit. Because if you don't hold these people accountable, they're going to keep doing and creating the same processes that they've been doing for all time. And they're never going to get better. So that's the thing. Like I'm with Source. I, I want to see some transparency and some more information on these grading companies. Just having a website is shit all to me. That is nothing. Create some videos. Put yourself out there. Like if you're a grading company and you try, you, you're expecting people to trust you with thousands and thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cards, at least show your face and let us get to know who you are. You know what I mean? And, that, and not for anything, I'll give some credit to PSA. I'll, I really will. Nat Turner, obviously an avid collector, but he took a leaf out of HGA's book. You know? He's done what Tyler's done. And not saying Nat never did that, but he acquired PSA and he's going on all these podcasts. And he's putting himself out there. Probably never going to come on ours, but who gives a shit? At least he's doing something and people can actually relate to him. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference. So, I don't know. You've got to put your best foot forward in this hobby because you can get killed straight away very quickly, as we've seen. A lot of people just burning other people, burning grading companies, burning collectors. You know what I mean? Like, uh, burning marketplaces. Like, you can never win, mate. You, honestly, Source, you can't win. Like, you put one step wrong and you cop it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yep. So, not for anything. Is it necessary to have them? You know what I'm saying? Is it necessary to have every carb manufacturer source on the planet? Probably not. But like you said, where there's money, people come out of the woodworks. They want a piece of the pie, mate. They want, they want a piece of the pie. pie. And look, why I, do they and, want to give? And, and I'm, I'm not saying out there. I'm not saying you know sh stuff every other grading company. Like I've been, I've I've graded with C CGC. BGS, SGC, um, HGA, I've tried to get in, but I will, you know, grade there at some point. Uh, PSA, on behalf of, uh, through uh, Doma, uh, I will <laughs> still won't be sending the card there, um, my name. Um, but <laughs> I've nearly tried them all, right? And they're the ones that I feel comfortable trying because of their reputation, first of all, and then their ability to show me stuff. I mean, we live in that digital age, social media, where it's so easy to, you know, build a relation with a community base and a customer base. Um, but some of these grading companies don't want to go to that effort. And, and disappointing. Like, why should I trust you to, to send my cards to you? Why? And I just hope that people out there realize that, you know, some of these grading companies are pretty much just a fancy encasing for your card that you could probably get on the internet somewhere. And 
to be honest, I might even after we you know finish this show and that I will look for shits and gigs on the internet because uh, I know how to source products and stuff from China and see if I can actually get them. And it would be pretty funny if I was able to order a hundred slabs and slab slab up cards. Protect your card. We will literally no, but if we were to do it source, we wouldn't say we're a grading company. We're a card protection company. That's what we are. We want to preserve the card because the card is the main thing in the end of the day. So, yeah, we should do it anyway. It'd be funny. Get some labels. Create some more Lamon cards at the back there. Uh, all right, let's move on. A uh, couple more things. Uh, we saw the Yu-Gi-Oh! Blue Eyes uh, 25th anniversary. Blue Eyes or 20th anniversary Blue Eyes sold for 13.4 million USD. And I did some digging because not much has happened because they just said, oh, the auction got pulled. And no one's really spoken about the in-depth on why it got pulled. And I got pretty excited when I saw this. And then I did some digging and I went, ah, shit. All right, well, I can't get excited on this card anymore. Because I said to some of the boys in our chat, I said, you ain't never going to see a Pokemon card get into this price. Source, rightly so. It probably never will unless you're embezzling money. So I'll read you the article. You're going to piss yourself laughing. Uh, so the Chinese court canceled an online auction after a collectible Yu-Gi-Oh game card amassed a lofty bid of 87 million yuan, which is 13.4 million USD. While the limited edition card of a Blue-Eyes White Dragon was only one of 500 released in 2019, according to South China Morning Post, it is yet to be authenticated and collectors believe that it is currently valued at a mere fraction of the bid between 31,000 and 46,000 USD on the market. Now, this is the funny part. This is the part I love it. According to the... Uh, South China Morning Post. The previous owner of the card was Zhang Yu Ji, who was sentenced to life in prison in 2020 for embezzling nearly 70 million yuan, 10.8 million US dollars in government funds. His possessions, including the Yu-Gi-Oh card and PlayStation 4, embellished with gold and diamonds, <laughs> were seized and auctioned off by a ju judicial Chuzhou court in East China. The report noted that the public auction guarded more than 18,000 uh, participants and more than 2 million onlookers. Within minutes, the bidding price of the card had reached 77,000 USD. After half an hour, the price surpassed 13.5 million. This auction has been suspended. A statement from the Alibaba, well, it's sold on Alibaba, first of all, auction platform said, according to <laughs> the South China Morning Post. The price is seriously inconsistent with the actual bidding price and malicious bidding behavior is suspected. The auction platform also said that there would be consequences for malicious bidders, such as fine or detention. So there's a bit of backdrop, a background on the previous owner serving a life imprisonment sentence. <laughs> he uh, also had a PlayStation 4 that had diamonds uh, on it. So it's pretty good. He's got some good, a good collection of gifts for uh, embezzling money and doing a shifty. So that's a bit of background on that card. It'll never get to $13.5 million. I don't care if it's numbered to 500. It's impossible. So definitely very, very shifty stuff there. So I just wanted to give a bit more insight on that card. And that's pretty much it, Source. Your thoughts? I know, Source, you were very skeptical on it when it came out. Yeah, I was, I was like, that's bizarre. Um, and I took it I took it with a grain, so I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Um, I mean... You know how many people have messaged me, Source, and said, oh... I've got my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Is this actually worth this much? And I was like, no. Just relax. Yeah. You need to do your research. <laughs> no. 
Like, you know I, many, I don't. You know it's people never hit me cars, sauce, and I've just gone, yeah, it's cool. It's like, I've got it. I'm like, that's fake. It's fake. You haven't got it, mate. No, it's real. I said, no, it's not. Just stop. <laughs> you ain't got the $13.4 million embezzlement Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> you don't have that card. And if it was if it was actually real, we could see one of the biggest, biggest cliff falls of all time on a card ladder graph you've ever seen in the history of cards. Of course. If that card sold for $13.4 million, you and I would retire and we'd be doing a podcast out of a podcast studio because I would have sold that Dark Magician first edition for well and truly over a million dollars, mate. If that card's gone for 13 and a half, that would have run up all the first. You better send cards. it for grading, mate. Like, I'm going to send it to CGC, mate. You think I'm going to sell it to some freaking other Mickey Mouse grading company? CGC are the goats when it comes to Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh! Magic. Simple as that. I don't want to hear yeah. anything else. Yeah. They are the goats. So, I'll definitely be sending my card there. So, that's it for that one. Uh, the last thing before we get into a quick review of a product, which is going to be off its head because we did some research into this product and it looks amazing, is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon card set has come out source. It's dropping on the 22nd of October this year. And is it safe to say that you and I both look straight past the English set? <laughs> The moment of the Japanese uh, yeah, introduction. Definitely fair to say, Domo, we uh, didn't even uh, glance at the English set. We just went straight to the Japanese set and we said, uh, why would I buy the English set when they didn't even do anything for it for the 20th anniversary in terms of special boxes or anything? They just... Evolutions doesn't count. Don't tell me evolutions. Just because not- it replicates what the 20th anniversary Japanese box looks like doesn't mean it's a 20th anniversary set. Now, in the English set, I get the Pikachu on the card has a two and a five on its cheeks to represent its 25 years of Pokemon, which it's a better effort by them. You know what I mean? But the pack's called Celebrations. I can go buy a box of Celebrations at Safeway, mate, if I really wanted to. Doesn't say 25th anniversary on it. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That that sounds at least on the Japanese, it says 25th anniversary collection. Anyway, besides the point, it's up to you. Whatever floats your boat, um, purchase what you like. But don't come in to me and say, "Oh, the Japanese set is is far less." superior than, than the English. You can go buy your Evolutions booster box for 750 USD, but you held wax and say, oh, this is the true 20th anniversary Pokemon box. Or I could hold the 20th anniversary Japanese box sealed that's selling for about 4,000 USD. So you tell me which one pe- people actually want to collect. And it's first edition. Just point it out there. No one wants Evolutions. Get the hint? All right, we gave you the hint. So... Make sure you bookmark all your sites that sell Japanese product if you're into flipping or even if you want to collect because the cards are beautiful. I'm looking to buy into it because I haven't got it on me now. It's behind me. As you've seen in the past and I've shown it, I've got a CGC 9.5 20th anniversary Charizard uh, Hollow reprint. First edition. Which, first edition, which is one of my prized possessions and I'm never getting rid of it. So, well, price, you might consider it. You know, sell that and invest in LeBron. That's what I do. 
But that card's affordable raw, mate, if you actually want to go buy it. It's actually good value. So he's that's another Very gem for you. That's another gem for you to go look at. So the cards look fantastic. Uh, besides the point, they all look fantastic. Uh, the thing that I'm actually very keen, uh, it looks a bit like out there, but the Japanese uh, golden box is honestly of this set outside of the 25th anniversary bo- uh, booster box. That sealed is the play. Is the play. Like it's Pokemon. It's got Pikachu. And it's 25th anniversary on the card. Everything's gold. It's a golden Pikachu card. It looks fantastic, by the way. But that's my play. Buy a couple if you can when they're affordable at the beginning and just rip one for the fact of you can get that promo card and you can go send it for grading, which would be pretty cool, or even just put it in your PC and then keep a few sealed because um, I've got a few of the Pikachu boxes. I've got the Pikachu Y and the Pikachu... Uh, X Charizard boxes exactly like the golden box source and those sealed are going for astronomical prices. The promo cards, which will be getting sent to grade whenever I get around to doing that are going for astronomical prices also. Um, what's this? I found out today. Italy has the chance to be the first team to win the Euro slash Eurovision double. It's written in the stars, is it? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So um, that, just keep an eye on that. Uh, that's it. 22nd of October, both are, dro- are dropping. So look into We'll obviously review it once the checklist comes out because we're actually pretty keen to see what cards are in the Japanese set and what cards are going to be in the English set. So, which cards are going to be copied to the English set? <laughs> Which cards are going to be copied to the English set? Yeah, good, good point, Source. You make a uh, valid point there. Uh, the Japanese booster box is going to cost around 225 AUD, which is Australian dollars. So that's around 180 USD a box. So stay tuned for that. Very nice. All right, last thing, Source, before we wrap it up and get you to Saucy Smoky, if you've got anything, uh, is the have I got a smoky dollar? Oh, no, I'm excited. Is Massive. the Panini UFC Prism Premium Box? That that's all I'm saying. Now everyone said oh, I was sick of UFC. Some people are like, yeah, whatever. It's gonna be a, a whatever box. No, it is not two that's it. I'll tell you what the set is, ladies and gents. The set is 99 boxes. 99 boxes. I'm pretty sure that's what it says on the Panini website. 99 boxes. It's on a Dutch auction. Dutch auction. It's an exclusive box. Opens at 3K a box. All base cards. All base cards numbered to 99. So there's a 200-card base set number to 99, and the only insert set is an autograph set with nine cards, which are numbered to 11, and there's one per box. So there's a Champion Signatures Prism's premium box set checklist. And source, the people on this set are autos, 
JSP, Izzy Adesanya, Khabib, John Jones, Amanda Nunez, Kamaru Usman, Stipe Miocic, Zhang Weili, and Junior Dos Santos. I'll Pretty be so good. I'll be so interested to see what these sell out for on uh, Dutch auction. I'm very keen to see it. I think this is underrated, a sneaky good set. I mean, a lot of cards numbered. I'm guessing the I'm guys who, I'm guessing guys who were in there that, um, may there may be some rookie cards in this of guys that were now numbered to 99, which is interesting, uh, in itself. As you know, there's some great fights. Cool set, really cool set, really cool set. Um, I th- I think this is this is interesting. I, I mean, I was. First of all, I was skeptical. I mean, I realized every card in the in the whole box is numbered. I think that's cool. There's there's no box, no card that's not numbered. It's a it's a bit like a uh, impeccable. Impeccable. So I think every card in impeccable is numbered. It's going to start a three k box source. Yeah, read that. And the minimum and the minimum is one thousand dollars, and it will not sell less than a thousand dollars. So it will stop at a thousand bucks. And that's the lowest you can get this product. I I think it I think it sells for more than a thousand, especially with the orders that are in here. It's crazy. So there's 99 boxes. That's what yeah, that's well, the way I take it. So there's one auto per box. There's 99 boxes because there's 11. Uh, sorry, there's um nine nine. Yeah, there's nine autos. All number to eleven, so nine elevens are ninety nine. So there's ninety nine boxes. Yep. So that tells me you're guaranteed to get the whole set numbered. So every card numbered to two hundred. Uh, sorry, all two hundred base cards numbered to ninety nine, guaranteed per box. Plus one auto. Pretty bloody good source. It's, it sounds good, that doesn't it? That's what. Right. Then we- what card that's are you? Brilliant. What box are you? What box are you getting that's got two hundred cards numbered and an auto? That's what it says. It doesn't say. It says full base set. Panini Premium box set break is one auto and a full base set number to ninety nine source. I'm telling you, this is an unreal that's box. Off its head, bro. That is off its head. I and think I'm, this is talking, one of the, the the great boxes coming from direct from Panini. This this is like, and we're talking about it's not like oh yeah they've they've done the dirty on us with this set. Like you're getting your Robert Whittakers, you're getting your Conor McGregor's, you're getting Rose Namajunas, uh, Volkanovski, Marino, uh, Uriah Faber's in there. It's all the pretty much all the guys. Alistair Overeem, uh, Sam Prue. Sean O'Malley, these are the base cards. Number to 99, Source. You, All number to 99, Peter Yarn. This is, this is incredible. Derek Hotballs Lewis. Oh, I might have to try and pick up a number to 99 Hotballs. This is crazy. Derek Brunson, Stephen Miocic, Joanna Jerzik, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Man, this is insane. Frankie Edgar's in there. Kamaru Usman. Source this Marvin Vittori, your boy, the Italian Stallion. Italian uh, Stallion. Alexander Volkov, Dustin Poirier, 
doesn't know which way his tights go on. Tony Ferguson, Jose Aldo, Cody Garbrandt, John Jones. They've listed John Jones as a lightweight in the uh, product set, by the way, horse, which is pretty funny. Uh, well, but, he's yet to, yet to fight heavyweight, so. Yeah, that's true. So, legit, 99 boxes, minimum sale $1,000, complete full base set numbered to 99, and the champion signatures prism. So, you guarantee one auto, there's only nine, number to 11. So, Source, you know what that tells me? It's way better than the original set. I know you get inserts in the original set. I know that, and that's fine. You can get more autos of different guys. But in terms of the base, like, why do I want a Conor McGregor base UFC prism when you can go get one of these boxes and he's numbered to 99 off the bat? So not for anything, it might actually help those prices. So if you do like Conor McGregor and you want his base UFC prism from the first set, hopefully the prices go down a bit and you can go pick one up for a handy price. Which would be good as well. So stay tuned for that. July 7th, that is dropping. All right, Sauce. Saucy Smokey to wrap up the show. All right, Donna. Uh, absolute cracker this week. So uh, I went and had a look and I was just, you know, looking through a, a few guys. And I think this is an, a very, very underrated play. Now, let's see if I can just bring up the, the card itself on its own. All right, here we go. I've got it up here, Donna. So I'll bring it up on the screen. This is the card, and this is the player. Tim Duncan, 1997 Bowman Best uh, Refractor. And that's oh. now that's the P, now that's the PSA 10. This is a rookie card, Tim Duncan. Um this in a PSA 10 only has a pop of 80, Donna. A pop of 80. Really? Um, oh. Yep. And last sold, 958. You can have a look at the graph here over the last six months. Was as high as 4K, 4K, 3.6. Now back down onto 1,000. You go back one year, uh, this 1,000 was a pretty good price, 7.70. I mean, let's go back to, you know, back uh, to that December, that period I talk about, December last year, Prior lead up to Christmas, this is it's the second time that I've seen this come around in the hobby since I've been in it. That that lead up to Christmas, people aren't spending money on cards. The prices dip a bit. Obviously, people want to spend money on gifts for Christmas and, and other uh, things. So the prices are low, and it's nearly matching those prices. I mean, you know, seven seventy. But you got to remember, this is a pop of eighty. Now let's have a look at. In, I put it into the compare mode. With the Kobe Bryant. Now the Kobe Bryant, there is no PSA tens on the market. There's no there's no PSA ten that exists, right? There's only PSA nines. So there's 183 PSA nines. Now the current Kobe Bryant PSA nine last sold was for three thousand three hundred. Tim Duncan is nine hundred fifty eight last sold, so he's under a thousand. Now this is a PSA ten. Guys, this isn't a PSA 9. This is a PSA 9 that because, yes, it's Kobe and because, yes, it's the Lakers' uh, fan base, but in terms of accomplishments, Tim Duncan's done just as much as Kobe Bryant. 
And this is a PSA 10 that's going for less than Kobe's PSA 9. That has a pop of 80 compared to Kobe's PSA 9 pop of 183. This as a PSA 10, Dom, should be a $5,000 card in my opinion. Pretty cool. I mean, there's only 80 in the whole world. Tim Duncan, the best power forward to ever step foot on a basketball court. But you know what it's like. They always factor in the whole thing. So it's like he wasn't a popular guy. He's not. He's boring, and that's fine. But it doesn't stop greatness, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I like the it. next I time. The, the, ne- the next time a player wins five championships with the same team with throughout his career, come speak to me. Because I'm telling you right now. I think Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan may be the last guys to 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 do that, and the last yeah, the last guys to do that. Curry won't get there. He's Seriously, three, three Curry, three yeah, he's got he's three. Got three. He's not... yeah, you need two. Clay's got three he won't, as well. He so won't get there. If he gets it, he'll probably but... leave if he has to do it, but. LeBron won't do it. He's done. KD can't. It's going to be a very rare thing that people look back in the future and go, oh, man, this guy won, you know, played his whole career at Spurs and won five chips for that franchise. And won MVPs, won final MVPs, defensive player of the year. I don't know. He's he's right up there in top 20 all-time scoring. Top 15 best, best to ever play as well. Tim Duncan. It's an unbelievable discrepancy, in my opinion. So I think that is massively the play, uh, gents, ladies and gents, so I should say. Uh, there is the PSA 9 out there. The PSA 9, current sold uh, 360. The PSA 10 will be fine, uh, hard to find, Dom. There are only 80. What's the um, pop on the – what's the pop – 113 on the, the nine no- as well. It's not too bad. 113. So I reckon there's you know, a few which haven't been graded, but maybe people didn't look after them as much. Um, still, 60, so, still 70 less than the, the Kobe still. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, Dommer? It's funny. 49 pop on the 9.5 as well. So there you go. 800. There's the base. you got the base. That's the... Wait, that's the refractor, yeah. And then you can go the atomic refractor. That's the, the more upper one. But it, look, it, it's interesting, uh, Doma. And there's 31 in the BGS 10 prop. Over one, obviously, over one year, it's up the BGS 9, but there's just not that many sales of it. I mean, the last sale was, what, two months ago? BGS 9. There's no way that sells for $455 today. Like, they'll be no, under no $300. It'll be back no around this mark, I think. So. Look, as I said, buy what you can afford. I always say this, buy what you can afford. But I think this is one of those discrepancies, especially with a pop of 80 on the PSA 10 for Tim Duncan, that is just unbelievable, in my opinion. Unbelievable. I When I seen this, and I'm, I'm just comparing it to the Kobe because it's a, you know, it's a rookie card, same set. But there's no – what was the, the biggest standout was there's no 10s in the Kobe. It's only nights. So for this 10 to be selling for one third of the price, and it's a 10, not a nine, it's a 10. All hail the PSA 10, which is what this market <laughs> tells us. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
So that I'll leave it with that. That's Saucy Smokey for this week. Very nice. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, uh, whether it's in the chat live here tonight or you're going to listen back to it or watch it back at a later date. We do appreciate your support. And as we always say, keep sharing it around. And, um, yeah, continued support is has been awesome. And we've got some more stuff in the works as well. So never uh, stop them with the content, which is fantastic. So on behalf of me and the great man source, keep living, loving, and breathing sports. It's double coverage and peace. Peace out, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to leave a review on the Apple Podcasting app. Also, follow us on socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Talking old spots. Double curve.